Pulse 95 live from Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival with our shared canvas, our shared canvas. Yes, welcome back onto our live show from the SRTI Park. We are covering the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival Day 2. And boy, oh boy, do we have a lineup of great guests that are joining us. And of course, we are delighted to be joined by a very prominent guest, very important one. A special guest joining us, Jesse Inchospe, also known as the Glucose Goddess, a French biochemist and New York Times bestselling author, focusing on the importance of balancing blood sugar for optimal health. First of all, we would like to say welcome, Jesse. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, we would like just to start by, you know, telling our audience a bit about yourself and your journey in becoming the glucose goddess. <laughs> and that happen? I love this question because I never, you know, I never planned to yeah. become the glucose goddess. So it's I a great have, name, by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love alliterations. Mm. I think they're really great names for brands. They're very catchy. So listen, I had health issues when I was younger, broke my back, jumping off a waterfall, had a lot of mental health issues. And I had to figure out how to get myself back to optimal health. Mm. It was, you know, I was suffering so much. So that's why I studied biochemistry, because I wanted to understand the body. Then I worked in genetics to see if DNA could help me. It didn't. But as I was going through this journey, I finally came across the world of blood sugar. And I finally realized that even for me, somebody who does not have diabetes, keeping my, my blood sugar levels steady was going to help me tremendously with my mental health. And that's where it all started. Mm. So I started applying these, these hacks that I found in scientific studies. I started feeling better, feeling more like myself and my body and my clothes and my brain. And then I wanted to share everything I had learned with the world. And that's how it all began. You know, when you talk about blood sugar levels, we all kind of know what it is, but we don't really maintain it or, or observe it quite as often as we probably should do. How important is it to not only maintain blood sugar levels, but also keep on top of it when it comes to achieving optimal health? Mm. Well, once a year at your doctor's office, they will probably measure your fasting glucose levels. And that is going to tell you whether you have pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes, right? And that's how most of us mm -hmm. understand blood sugar levels. Like, okay, once a year, I don't have diabetes, I'm fine. Turns out, and this is what all of my work is based on, turns out that over the past five years, scientists have discovered that even if you don't have diabetes, you can still be experiencing on a daily basis what's called a glucose spike. Okay, oh. so after a meal, your blood sugar levels go really high up and then they crash. Mm. And these spikes are what we want to avoid because they lead to things like inflammation, cravings, brain fog, chronic fatigue, acne, poor sleep, hormonal issues, and then long-term the development of diabetes, right? So really for everybody to feel good today and also to help your long-term health, measuring and understanding your glucose levels is super fundamental. I'm glad that you just touched on that. I just want to talk about the diet side of things because the amount of options that we have nowadays, it's quite difficult to maintain a balanced diet. How important is one's balanced diet when it comes to your uh, strong mental health, but also a physical one as well? You know, it is the foundation of being able to go after your dreams, build the company you want to build, have yeah. the energy to do mm -hmm. what you want to do. And as you mentioned, today we have so many options. And I think also there's a lot of marketing that is trying to uh, uh, trick us sometimes and make us buy products that are not necessarily good for us. So uh, I would always recommend coming back to the science and the physiology. And, and that's what I teach people, like how your body actually works. And let's bring back some really simple principles 
that are going to help us achieve this long-term health and that are not a fad diet. So for example, mm. in the morning, try to eat something savory, not sweet, right? So this morning I had a shakshuka. I love having eggs in the morning. <laughs> it's really Don't amazing. <laughs> so having something savory in the morning instead of sweet is a really important way to balance your blood sugar levels for the rest of the day. Another thing to do is if you want to eat something sweet, because we all love to mm -hmm. eat sweet stuff, Always make sure to have them after a meal as a dessert, never as a snack, never on an empty stomach. That way you get all the dopamine from the sugar, which is what we all crave, especially if we got to work late, you want some sugar. Yep. But make sure you do that in a way that's not going to create a glucose spike. So you get maximum enjoyment mm -hmm. and minimal impact on your health. And so in my book and in my work, I, I talk about lots of these easy hacks uh, that allow us to help our health without making big sacrifices. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your book and yeah. you being, you know, of course, a, a New York Times best-selling author. That's a remarkable achievement, to be Thanks. honest. And we would like to know um, if you can share some some insights into your writing process and, yeah. and how you distill this complex scientific or these concepts that you have into actionable information to your readers. So funny story. So I actually started on Instagram. So I first started posting these glucose graphs I had made, this science on Instagram. I never in a million years imagined I would write a book. But what happened is that about a year after I started my, started my Instagram, I probably had 20,000 followers. This woman who's now my agent, uh, this book agent, saw my Instagram and reached out to me and said, hey, what you're doing is really interesting. Have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was like, me? A book? What do you mean? No, I'm not an author. And she was like, no, but I think, you know, you could you could actually do it. So I thought, you know, okay, great. I'm going to try it. And so it took me a year and I got lots of feedback from people. And of I just you got, wrote a you book. You got help, of course, right? Well, no, I wrote it all myself, but I, I got, I, you know, I would write a chapter, send it to my editor, send it to people, and they would give me feedback. And my whole work has been approached in the same way as you would approach building an app or a software mm -hmm. product. Iteration, testing, you know, giving it to users, the prototype when you're a little bit embarrassed by it and yep. getting the feedback. And so the book was the same. Um, and I think also because I didn't have in my head for so long, oh, I want to write a book, I didn't have any mental block. I was just... Okay, I'm going to try it. You know, mm -hmm. whatever. There's no pressure. I'm just going to try to do it. And uh, it worked out. That's incredible. Well, what stands out to me there is we're here at the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival, and that's surely a trait of being a successful entrepreneur, going out of your comfort zone, trying something new and, and pushing the boundaries. Is that what you would say has led to you being so successful? I think that in part, absolutely. And the second part I would say is show what you've made to people when it's early and you feel a bit embarrassed by it. Yeah. And I've done that my whole entire career, whether it was my very first Instagram post, whether it was the first chapter of my book and I was terrified because I felt like it was really not there good, that mm. good yet. Anything you do, talk about your idea to people around you, right? Don't be scared, don't guard it. I was talking about all my ideas for years to people and get the feedback mm -hmm. and you become better at pitching it, at explaining it and it's such an important part of the process. You know, Jesse, of course, in, in the realm um, and in the prevalence of misinformation in, in this world, yeah. and especially in, in the health and, and wellness space, how do you ensure that your message and that your information remains evidence-based and accessible to a wide audience and trying not to make any mistakes? It's a daily practice. So for example, every time I share something on Instagram or in my books, I post the, you know, the visual easy version of it and then you swipe through the carousel and there's the scientific paper that backs it up. So I always try to connect to my audience like, this is the easy way to understand it and here's the link to the full study if you want to read it. Right. But it's a difficult world. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the best we can do is try to take information from people who are qualified and have degrees in that space. And also if anybody ever tells you 
this is the most important thing and it feels very extreme and they say cut out this entire fruit group or do this extreme thing then immediately it should be a red flag you know if somebody's very extreme and not balanced in their approach mm, you should probably not listen to them and i'm glad that you brought that up because is there an optimal diet or is it based on person by person is it individual there is an optimal diet in the sense that most of us should be eating unprocessed whole foods that we cook at home, cook at home ideally. Mm-hmm. And that would solve most of the diet related issues that we see today. You can find some individual uh, differences, of course, but I think the baseline of how your body functions is common to all of us. For example, everybody should drink water every day, brush their teeth, you know, wear sunscreen, not eat too much sugar, have a savory breakfast. I mean, that's the p- space we're operating from, these universal truths that are the same for every single human body. You know, we always say cook everything at home. It's mm-hmm. much better. But sometimes we do cook really greasy food at home you or think? really sugary food. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But it's still a better practice yeah. Yeah. because you understand what you're putting inside of That's it. That's true. And yeah. you know, like, oh, I'm making a very sugary or greasy food. And you know that. What I don't like is when people are fooled into thinking something is healthy when actually if you looked at the ingredients and if you saw the way that it was prepared, you'd be like, oh, this is actually really, really bad for me. Yeah. So as long as you have full information and control and agency and you know what you're doing, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Do, you, do you agree with me when I say that every person has or should have a tailored custom-made diet to them? No. Because I don't think there is one diet that works for everyone. I mean, Am I right? There's personal preferences and taste, yeah. etc. But I don't think every person is completely different. I think there are some basic rules that apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, as I was explaining, drink water, make sure you have adequate protein, you know, eat some fiber for your microbiome, don't eat unhealthy fats, limit sugar because it's going to create issues. So, to me, I'm more in the... Um, I think there are universal truths that we can all live by. And then if you want to optimize and make it very custom, sure. But... Let's start from the basics. Yeah. yeah that's true. I, I would love to talk about the growth of some of these diets, especially that we've seen online. We've seen a lot of veganism kind of going on. And it's not just recent, probably over the last five to 10 years. What's your opinion on the growth of these diets like veganism and uh, rather than cutting out complete meat? Is that, is, that, is that something you'd recommend? No, but I think, I think all this growth actually points to something which is really encouraging, which is that people are getting more interested in their diet and their health. People understand their issues stemming from the way they're eating. And so they're trying to find solutions, right? Mm. I don't think you should cut out all foods. I don't think you should be a vegan or keto or anything extreme, but here's the interesting thing. If you look at all these diets, what do they have in common? They all have in common no more processed foods yep. and eating whole foods. So that's the lesson we should take from all of this, okay? Not like doing something extreme, but finding the common ground, which is really the root of all success. Mm-hmm. I really like that advice. And touching on the food side of things, you know, that's so important, but also the exercise, the daily exercise. Is that just as important when we're talking about one's optimal health? Exercise is so important for your body, for your mental health, for your long-term health as well. Um, But we cannot sort of exercise ourselves out of a bad diet, right? So it should be in combination. Uh, You should be eating well and exercising. And no, it sounds a little bit boring, like just eat better, exercise more like, ugh, we've all heard that. But if we can decompose this exercise into these small, simple hacks that I share, all of a sudden it becomes much more fun and attainable. And that's what I'm really interested in. It's the behavior change aspect. Mm -hmm. How do you get people to actually start? Because that's the hardest part in all of aspects of our lives actually starting from theory to practice and bridging that gap is what I try to do in my work. Wow. And that's the message that we've also had Absolutely. here at the Sharjah Entrepreneurship start. Festival. Exactly. Just start. start your dream. Start it today. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, you know, yeah. has parallels in all aspects of our 
So before life. we wrap up, I just want to ask you, what uh, sessions are you looking forward to besides yours, of course? Of course. Well, I just listened uh, to Stephen Bartlett's session. Oh, I have mine. And incredible. then, I mean, there's a lot of things I want to look at today, actually. And I'm going to have to sit down uh, with my team and say, okay, let's optimize. Let's optimize our route for the rest of the <laughs> afternoon. Try to meet as many people. I see all these startups that are also exposing. I really want to go speak with them because I think being an entrepreneur is so exciting and, and wonderful. And I want to hear from as many people as I can. Wow. What a day. And your session as well? Yes, at be 1 p.m. On? So we're going to be speaking about glucose levels, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> From the glucose, glucose yeah. goddess. So uh, we're going to talk about all the hacks. We're going to talk about my story. And then we're going to touch on the entrepreneurship side of, of this work because, um, you know, I'm a biochemist and I talk mm -hmm. about food, but also I'm running a small company where we try to make this sustainable. And so I don't have to write a book every year to have income because that's a really exhausting path to take. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Well, it's an exciting day. That is for sure. Thank you so much, Jesse in Chowsby, uh, for joining us. Of course, being a biochemist and New York Times best-selling author. Thank you for joining us here on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. So many more conversations coming your way regarding the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival. Pulse 95 live from Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival with our shared canvas. Our shared canvas.